welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. We look at everyday issues from a biblical worldview so that you can trust the sufficiency of scripture and apply its truth to your life as you raise and disciple your kids. Hey, hey, brave parents. Kelly and Chelsea here with another Worldview Wednesday. So today we're going to be talking about alcohol access through delivery apps. But first, I want to talk to you about Aro. So a couple of weeks ago, Kelly and I got to interview Joey Odom, the co-founder of Aro. Now, if you have not listened to that episode, episode 101, I want you to stop right now and go listen to this interview. It is good and you are going to love Joey. So we have been hearing from you brave parents out there and we are so thrilled that you are jumping on board with intentionally spending more time off your screen. My family has had the RO, uh, I'd say for about a month now, and I want to tell you that I absolutely love it. We have our box set up in the living room. It is nice enough to put in a main area. We've all downloaded the apps. They're on all of um, the house phones and on my husband's and iPhone. And honestly, as a family, we feel like we have regained some of our family time back. I love seeing screen-free time quantified. I think I'm at like 20 hours away from my phone. And last night I told my husband I needed to go put it in the box so that I can continue my streak. And he tried to hide my phone, you guys. We are a highly competitive family. So this is pretty perfect for us. And bonus, Aro is run by Christians who have the same heart that we do. They understand the value of relationships within our families and in the body of Christ. This is a company that we love to support and we cannot recommend them high enough. So go get started with Aro, and when you use our link at goaro.com brave, then you're going to get your first subscription or your first month subscription free. This is a no-brainer. Your family is absolutely going to appreciate this so much as summer comes upon all of us. So go to goaro.com forward slash brave. Yes, that's awesome. We do love some Aro. All right, let's get into today's topic of Worldview Wednesday. Now, this was actually suggested by one of our listeners. We received an email asking what we knew about this topic of teenagers getting alcohol delivered through these delivery app services. And, you know, honestly, it wasn't even on our radar, but totally within our wheelhouse. So let's talk about this today. Absolutely. I'm kind of excited about this because, like you said, I didn't realize it was a thing, but it actually really makes sense that it is a thing because this is what teenagers do this is yeah find ways around yeah Mm -hmm. so we're talking about these delivery service apps such as doordash uber eats grubhub postmates and frankly you could even throw in there like grocery curbside type of delivery services all of these are kind of included and how teens are getting around them without id verification Now, while there is no comprehensive data available on the prevalence of teenagers using these delivery services specifically to access alcohol, we certainly know it is plausible that some teens will try to exploit these services to obtain alcohol without that proper age verification. Many of the apps and alcohol delivery services claim to have strict age verification processes in place such as requiring the recipient to show a valid ID upon delivery. That's a basic one. However, these processes are not foolproof as they rely on the delivery drivers to have the ethics and integrity to require proper ID before handing the alcohol over. Like we said, Kel, this is just 
this is kind of a no-brainer really when we think about it because we talk about this a lot on the Brave Parenting podcast, and that's just the difference between how adults and children, or in this case, adolescents, are going to use their devices or the internet, right? A lot of times, we adults look at our devices as a means to like knock out our to-do list. We can schedule, we can Zoom, email, search, order, do a ton of other things right from our devices and be highly productive people. But a child who doesn't have the burden of being an adult is not going to use that device as a tool for productivity. Most often, the internet is a connected device that is used for entertainment and social connection. And frankly, when it comes to the internet and the endless possibilities that it holds, these devices can certainly be used nefariously. I mean, they're kids, they're bored, they're curious, right? Whether that's going to be cyberbullying or watching pornography or in this case, buying alcohol. Exactly. A child whose nature is inclined to curiosity, exploration, and learning is going to use the internet and devices completely different. But let's also be honest, curiosity, exploration, and learning, that is kids. That is adolescence. That's what they're made of. But even more, when you look at a teenager who really desires autonomy and they feel like they deserve that freedom of adulthood, but they have no clue of what that burden of adulthood actually is, they are more likely to use the internet to satisfy those desires and those wants that they have. What is hard is that you take a child who's really resourceful, which is a great skill to have, be able to problem solve life. That is also the same child who's going to recognize this loophole and exploit it. So as always, let's look at this topic through a biblical lens and challenge ourselves to think about how scripture is sufficient for this topic. But let's look at a couple headlines that we found detailing um, a little bit of what's going on in this, in this area. So the first one came out in November 2022, not too long ago, and it reads, investigators find delivery apps getting alcohol to underage students. Now, what happened was Massachusetts state alcohol regulators busted a handful of 19-year-old college students using fake out-of-state IDs in order to order alcohol through Uber Eats and DoorDash. Now, this doesn't sound like anything totally out of the ordinary. College kids getting busted with alcohol. That seems like a pretty traditional issue. Sadly, it is. But even more tragically, this is not localized to college students. We actually found a handful of articles from kind of across the country that cover high school students purchasing alcohol through the same delivery services. The big question on the table then is how or why is this allowed to happen? Well, another article we found in Lifehacker was able to shed more light on the issue. This article is titled, Will Delivery Services Let Your Kids Order Alcohol? And I'm going to include the subtitle of this article because it's pretty awesome. How to Keep Underaged Aspiring Booze Hounds to having hooch delivered. (laughs) That's pretty fantastic. Oh my gosh, that's a good chuckle. So to help us understand how alcohol could be getting ordered to your high schooler, we just kind of boiled it down to it comes down to the driver and compliance, right? So last summer, DoorDash said that it had, quote, created the new industry standard for responsible alcohol delivery. Well, on DoorDash, you have to upload a picture of your ID before the order takes place. Okay, that sounds pretty reasonable. And then once the order is delivered, to, delivered, the dasher has to scan the ID by the app to make sure it's not fake. Okay, again, that sounds great. Well, I can actually verify that this does not happen. So over this past year, I traveled with my family to an event and we pre-ordered some groceries for our Verbo. 
Along with that grocery order, I also threw in some adult beverages. Well, one delay led to another, and I had to let our driver know that we were not going to be able to meet him at the door per their standards, which I assumed meant that the driver would not place the order. I was not going to get my stuff delivered. Instead, he asked for my picture, like the picture of my ID, to be sent through the delivery app's direct messenger. I did, and it was totally fine. No one checked my ID at the door. It was never even uploaded to the app before I purchased the groceries. And you got them all delivered. I got them all delivered. They were waiting for me right there. There you have it. Not all IDs are verified electronically or physically. And let's just say your teen has access to DoorDash account, like maybe you're already signed in and it already has that ID uploaded. If your teen knows the driver or if they're really willing to tip them well, it is highly possible that the driver won't check the ID or they'll overlook the fact that the ID doesn't belong to them. Absolutely. And there's more than one delivery service out there. So we're talking about DoorDash right now, but also, I mean, let's like a Grubhub, right? They don't even require their drivers to scan IDs. Grubhub has given their drivers kind of like a quasi mini lesson on how to spot a fake, but that's about it. So the regulations are even smaller. And I did my own research on Uber Eats because I was really curious. You know, as a mom of teenagers, I was like, you know, I kind of want to know if drivers in my town are going to deliver alcohol to my home and not check ID. So as I was writing this article, it was a Saturday evening. I thought, you know, I'm just going to jump on there. I ordered one bottle of wine to be delivered to my house. Now, when I was on the Uber Eats app, it only asked me to check a box that I was 21. I did not have to upload anything first. So I thought, okay, we'll see what happens. Well, 30 minutes later, Preston delivered my one bottle of wine. And as he was at the door, I hesitated a few seconds and he hesitated a few seconds. And in that few seconds, he did kind of stutter, "Um, I need to see your ID. And then he proceeded to scan it into his phone. Now, here's where I realized I maybe made a mistake or maybe made it too easy. My husband's like, you definitely don't look like a teenager, first of all. (laughs) I get that. Thank you. But the other... (laughs) The other thing was, was that hesitation. I waited to see if he would ask for the ID because I, <laughs> I knew what I was doing and what I was looking for. So he said, oh, you should have just taken it. Thanks. And then closed the door. And then <laughs> what would have happened then? <laughs> Next time we need to let our husbands do the research. <laughs> Maybe so. I probably wasn't the best person at it. But also, I didn't order any food. Like you ordered groceries with that. So here, this was glaringly obvious that this was just one single standalone bottle of wine. Not only that, through Uber Eats, it was actually ordered through Specs, which is like a standalone liquor store. So that's where he had to go pick it up. So there was no doubt that this was a single one item alcoholic order. But these are little sly tricks of the trade that kids exchange with one another online because they have nothing better to do online. And I think that that's where they're getting around some of these rules and regulations. But I also want to say that I was told by someone that they ordered alcohol to be delivered to their home. And when they received the text from the driver, and I'm not sure what app this was ordered from, to be honest, when they received the text from the driver that they were on their way, you can message them back. And so they messaged them back and said, I have COVID. And the driver said, no problem. I'll leave it at the door. And it was left at the door. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, it is good to know that they carded you, Kelly. At least you were carded, right? It's true. Yeah. 
Because another report that we read, it was called Eyes on Oregon, they found in a sting operation that over a third of the deliveries were non-compliant. They say nearly half of the deliveries to the volunteers who were aged 21 to 23 did not pass muster. And most of the time, the delivery driver failed to compare the picture ID on the photo ID with the face of the buyer. So that's exactly what I wondered, too. What is stopping someone from using someone else's driver's license or ID if you had an older sibling or an older contact or you just stole someone else's who's older ID, even though it doesn't look like you? Like if you try and go to a bar, for example, or a liquor store, they're going to look at you and look at the ID. But here, we're just talking these average run-of-the-mill drivers, whether they're college students or whatever, trying to make some extra money. How much investment in this law, if you will, do they have in order to make sure that this is the right person? Because that could also lead to a little fear, like what kind of confrontation is going to occur if I reject this person saying that's not you? I mean, there's a lot of questions that kind of go into that. Absolutely. I think this is just one of the ways that children, or in this case, teenagers, right, they're going to use their device with different intentions and purposes that honestly, we might not have ever thought of. But really, it shouldn't shock us. Like we said at the beginning, they're teenagers. This is that awkward, awful transitional stage of life where they just really want autonomy. But in many, many cases, they still think like a child. But even more, as parents, again, we should not be shocked when we're reminded about how easy it is to sin and then hide that sin via technology. In that same kind of way right now, Snapchat is used by adults and kids differently. The platform currently has multiple lawsuits against them from families who have lost teens to overdoses due to drug deals on the platform. In fact, on February 1st of this year, a headline read, here's how drug dealers use Snapchat and Instagram to reach kids. This article emphasizes exactly what we're talking about right now. Kids use the platforms with different intentions than adults, and the results are epically tragic. In fact, a young boy died from taking Oxycontin that was laced with fentanyl, which he bought through social media. In the article, his parents say, As parents, we had tools and we had resources. We were taking action. Again, we didn't know about fentanyl. We didn't know about the depth of harm on social media. Your drug dealer is now your kid's phone. Wow. I'm glad that you sort of brought in this drug topic through technology as well, because it honestly ties right in. If it's alcohol, if it's drugs, it's all being accessed through technology in a way that we would never do as adults. And so we often don't think about it this way. But what those parents just verbalized is what I think a lot of parents don't realize until it's maybe too late, until they've, they've already had their kids doing these nefarious type of things through media and technology. And that is the depth of harm, that access to these social media sites or normal things like food delivery services that they can actually cause for our children. And, and then this is just it. We, we as parents have to be aware of the depth of these harms that are accessible. Because sin, it already reigns in our flesh. And the internet and smartphones, to me, I just, it's like you're standing in front of this vending machine. But really, you're just like looking at your phone. But it's like your phone is this vending machine of sinful pleasures. What desire, or pleasure, or indulgence will I partake in today? You press an app and voila, sinful pleasure dispensed. That's an image in my mind that I don't really like. 
but it's a really great analogy. Like it's a really great analogy. The article continues on and it says that sadly in a recent study, they found that the rate of overdose deaths among teens nearly doubled in 2020, but then it rose another 20% in 2021. I don't even want to know where we're sitting right now in 2023. This isn't just like rebellious teens, Kel, that don't have any parental resources. Like these are honor roll kids that are just as tempted by peer pressure and academic pressure and cultural pressure to fit in, to be cool and to do it all and to have it all, right? Think of just texting, something that seems so commonplace, right? It is done completely differently by our children. For example, if you picked up your child's phone, and I have done this with my kid's house phone, I can find a whole conversation based on emojis. And a lot of the times we might think that's kind of weird because it's out of place for us to use it, but that's how your kids will interact with their friends. And so, yeah, you might just roll your eyes and move on with your day, but in most cases, those emoji clusters, they mean something. For instance, if you ever saw a brown heart emoji and a dragon next to each other, guess what that would mean? Heroin. Or a rocket ship and a bomb and an explosion all in the same cluster? Well, that would be a dealer signal, which indicates that whatever they have is high potency. This PDF that is provided by the DEA, we're going to link this in the show notes, but it also shows a chocolate chip cookie. Now, Chelsea, if I shared that with you, you would think Kelly's craving some gluten-free cookies. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> but if I, you know, had nefarious intentions or I was a teen, right, it could mean that I have a large batch of something that I'm wanting wow. to sell. Or, and it's not cookies, probably gluten-free it would, cookies. I, no. yeah, it, would, it wouldn't be. Not for teenagers, at least. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> if someone had a cough syrup to sell, they could post an emoji cluster that includes a bunch of grapes, a purple heart, and a baby bottle. I mean, let's just be honest. As parents, if we see that, we're not going, we're not going to know what that means. We're not going to know that that means that cough syrup being used illegally. The truth is, again, it is too easy to hide sin on devices. Just look at the episode that we did a couple weeks ago about pedophiles on Pinterest. They're hiding all of their sin. They're hiding their identity and who they are. And they're just nefariously targeting children, right? So we as parents, we cannot afford to be unaware. And honestly, our kids can't afford to be unaware either. I 100% agree. So let's look at this from a biblical lens to answer two questions. The first question, how does our worldview help us evaluate what we've just discussed? And then what can we apply from scripture? A major part of our biblical worldview is original sin. And this is a core doctrine that is being diluted in today's culture. We are more being led to believe that we are inherently good and that we aren't sinful, but that is not accurate. We all are born with a sinful flesh. We all struggle against sin, and we all suffer the effects of sin as we live day to day in a broken world. That so much is obvious. For teenagers today, and honestly, for decades preceding today, sinfully and unlawfully drinking alcohol underage has been an issue. This is nothing new. And so has the use of underage use of drugs or just any illegal drug, almost as though it's become a rite of passage for teenagers. So, but no parent should ever assume, my child would never. And then because you think they would never, you are not speaking clearly about the topic with them. And not just even if they are saved and you would think they would never do it because they're saved, but especially if they are saved. 
This really needs to be a conversation. Now, it's important to know the Bible does not consider alcohol a sin. Drunkenness is a sin. Gluttony is a sin. Debauchery is a sin. But a beverage with alcohol is not sinful. And it's important for our kids to recognize that and know that. We can't hide that. We can't act like, oh, no, the Bible calls alcohol a sin. That would be incorrect teaching. But it is illegal. And we're going to get to that in a second. But let's look at some scriptures that we can use as we're talking to our kids. Galatians 5.19, Paul says, you know the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. And do you know what the first one that Paul lists? Drunkenness. Or Ephesians 5.18 says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Proverbs 23 also conveys the same message. Let me read a little portion of this, 29 to 32. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? And then it answers the question. Those who linger long over wine, those who go taste mixed wine. Do not look at the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and it stings like a viper. So it's pretty clear drunkenness is a sin according to God's word. And it should be clear in our language and communication with our children because Our kids are not ordering alcohol and delivery apps because they want a good Cabernet to go with their, you know, chicken dish that they just made. That is not what's happening. They they are not matching the flavors for their palate. They are doing it because what do teenagers do? Drunkenness. That is by far the goal when it comes to teenagers and alcohol. So obviously, they probably already know that Drinking under the age of 21 in America is illegal. But let's be, let's be clear that Romans 14 also says that we as believers are commanded to obey that civil law and the authority of the land. So God's word says, obey the law of your land, which means you are not to drink under 21. You can say that it's not hurting anybody. You can, you know, give any kind of excuse possible but that is the law. And that is what your teenager is going to be held up to. Now, your teens also need to know that you know that alcohol can be delivered through these food delivery services and that they might be able to access it under age. Let them know that you are fully aware, but that you also fully expect that they are not going to participate. Listen, your kids may be above reproach in many ways, but we can never forget that Satan is an equal opportunity liar thief, and destroyer. Furthermore, be sure your child knows that there are natural consequences for breaking the law and disobeying God's command against drunkenness. I mean, for example, a hangover, trouble with the law, personal injury, right? Those are the natural consequences. But there will also be imposed consequences and discipline from you as the parent. If they have ordered alcohol from a delivery service, to me, to brave parenting, this is a tech and media violation that deserves a tech and media consequence. Maybe that means that they can no longer download apps without your password. Maybe that means they lose the phone for a certain amount of time. Also, violation of house rules if they're drinking the alcohol in your house. Of course, there's further consequences that need to be applied here. But I think we can further apply the standard that teens do not need food delivery service apps on their phones, even especially if an adult is already signed in to that account. It may be really convenient because 
of your work schedule and sports and all of this type of stuff for your child to be able to go on an app and order food to be delivered for dinner when you at mom and dad pay for it. But just because that may be convenient does not mean it's necessary. This opens the door to sin. Obviously, if this is what's going on, we already know it. Satan can easily walk through that door, tempt our kids to do stuff that they should not do. And yes, I do realize that even if they don't have the app on their phone, they could order food and alcohol from a um, home computer website. But again, let's not make it any easier for them by already having it on their phone. Absolutely. I think that what you just said about recognizing original sin, for a lot of people, that sounds really harsh. But the reality is, is if we live by that, we can love our kids better. We can love our kids well. We can love our kids the way they should be loved. And if we treat them as something that they're not, which is innately good, then we fail to love them the way they should be loved. And we'll be disappointed a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the next question that we want to answer is what biblical principles or imperatives can we as parents live by and then model for our children and teach them? Well, the first biblical principle that we can live by is quorum Deo, which means we live before the face of God. He is everywhere and he sees everything. So for children, this can be taught positively that God is always present in times of trouble and he knows our situation. But it can also be used through the negative lens. And I say that negatively because it's just because our flesh doesn't necessarily like that idea that we can't hide our sin. But really what it instills is just a fear of God. And that fear of God is good. And Proverbs 1, says, 1 7 says that it's the beginning of all wisdom and knowledge. And God sees and knows all of your sinful behavior. He's right there when you commit it. So this is how God can be both fully loving and fully just. When we're having these conversations with our teens about this topic, we can confess that we do not want them to make decisions like this because it would be disastrous for their souls. Kelly, you listed a lot of really good consequences that are kind of like outward, but we really need to consider what goes on in our children's hearts. If they're able to hide their sin, if they willingly want to hide their sin, their heart's going to become hard and it's going to become far from God. And although you, the parent, might not find out about the delivery service or what they're doing, God will know, and that has to be communicated to them, that the hidden sin will wreak havoc in their soul. In a sermon titled, Nothing Safe About Secret Sin, John MacArthur says, It is folly to think that we can mitigate our sin by keeping it secret. It is double folly to tell ourselves that we're better than others because we sin in private rather than in public. And it is the very height of folly to convince ourselves that we can get away with sin by covering it up. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. Proverbs 28, 13. And the second biblical principle we can remember, like you said, is that all sin begins in the heart. That is original sin. That outward behavior, that is just a fruit of what is going on inside the person. So if your child has been drinking or doing drugs underage, there's a heart issue that needs to be addressed. And honestly, before we as parents think that somehow we've got it together more than our kids, before we become the Pharisee who walks up to the temple to pray about how good we are in comparison to our kids, let's consider our private life or our heart. What examples are we setting for our children? Do they see our sin and watch us hide it? Do they see our hypocrisy, our anger that is equivalent to murder, the lust that could be equivalent to fornication? Right? There are things that we really have to consider. We've got a speck and a plank issue. 
in most cases with our kids. And we don't even realize it sometimes. The heart issue, remember we talked about that in a previous podcast, is so much of of what we do flows from the heart. That's why Proverbs 4.23 says, guard our hearts for everything we do flows from it. And so we always need to be considering what is going on in our child's heart and know that there are these numbing, coping devices out there. If it's not being numbed by entertainment on social media, it might be numbed by drugs. It might be numbed by alcohol. And in our world today, it's very accessible. And it we're not just accessible in the sense you can go in some dark alley. I've read numerous articles of drugs being delivered right to your door. So this, sadly, it's the world that we live in and we have to be aware. We have to be always present in considering what is going, in our, going on in our child's heart. Absolutely. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's going on on this topic of teenagers ordering alcohol through delivery apps. Hopefully we gave you some practical wisdom. At least now you know kind of what's going on. And if your kids do have those delivery apps, make sure, have this conversation. It, it starts with a conversation, again, making sure that they know that you know, because there is still always a little bit in teenagers of fear of parents still left in them. And so if they know that you know that this is possible and that you're going to take steps to prevent that from happening, just because you know that Satan is an equal opportunity thief, liar, and destroyer, then that's fine. That is protection. That is what we do for our kids. It's not because you think that they're, they're bad or evil, but you recognize we're all sinful. We're all prone to temptation. We're all prone to stray. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast. Again, get your RO for your family. Get that set up before summer comes. Go to goro.com forward slash brave to sign up and make sure that you are sharing this podcast. We would just love for other Christians to be encouraged with media and technology topics that surround God's word and sufficiency of scripture. So if you know someone that could benefit from that, we would love for you to share it. Leave us a review. Let us know if you have any other further topics that we can research and bring to the podcast. So until next week, y'all go and be brave.